We'll talk extra innings during the podcast. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 562 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the city of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We've got uh, afternoon into evening baseball on. We'll keep you up to date with extra innings with the Phils. We'll talk everything that transpired uh, in the series and in this game as well. We'll talk some Eagles. We'll talk whatever comes to mind, because that's what we do on this show. Uh, but before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. And you can watch Matt and myself every Wednesday night live before the podcast goes out anywhere at Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Football season is upon us. You're going to have content on that podcast feed four days a week. Uh, so you don't want to miss out. You want to subscribe. Apple, Spotify, leave a five-star rating and review. Help us keep this thing growing. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, every podcast on our network, including the Vineland High School Football Coaches Show, which episode one of season six goes live in about 10 minutes over on our YouTube channel as we're recording this live. Uh, the newly named Guzman's Gridiron is going to be on our YouTube channel as well. Every Wednesday night will premiere on YouTube, so you don't want to miss out on that. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Looking to get to 600 subscribers, hopefully before the end of the month. We are currently at 526, so be sure to subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, and leave a comment down below on your thoughts about everything Matt and I discuss on tonight's episode. And like I mentioned... This episode, this episode and every episode uh, presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. Speaking of local events, I'm pretty sure Food Truck Festival is this Saturday, so make your way out to the Food Truck Festival. I know that is a wildly successful event that the city puts on every single year um so that will be going on this saturday uh and you can also follow the city of vineland on social media via their facebook instagram linkedin and youtube pages and through these tools you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city vineland new jersey where it's always growing season 
And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream. I have a bone to pick with you, by the way. Oh, Saved boy. Until we were on, uh, on air. I heard through the grapevine, aka my wife, <laughs> that you do not appreciate the music stylings of DJ Crazy Times. Oh, here we go. Miss Billiana Electronica. <laughs> and I got to say that his poor form. And I was really upset to hear that. Would you care to comment? Now, I was misquoted there okay. by my sister, your wife. Uh, it's not that I didn't appreciate the music stylings. It is that she played them. And if she wouldn't have played them, one way or another, from the, the selection of songs she chose, nothing in my life would have changed. I just... I don't know if it was the song selection or the time of the day that she was playing it but it didn't move the needle one way or the other it wasn't a negative but it wasn't a uh, necessarily a positive per se i that's really tough for me to hear that's <laughs> I, one of the songs of the summer for me um play the jonas brothers concert i mean i i don't know what more you, you, you could ask for that's tough I'm, I'm not opposed to giving it another go i think you should really try and give so, it another shot it's it's not that it is out of the question, per se. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we could clear this up. I'm glad we could have this moment because I, I just needed to know for myself where we stood. There's the clip for some. <laughs> uh, we've got Phillies baseball on our television right now in the studio. It's brought to you by our pals over at PHI Apparel Company, our official merch partners. There's no doubt in our minds when you're going to Citizens Bank Park, which met on uh, Tuesday next week. We're going to see the Angels and the Phils. Hopefully, Shohei is uh, okay. Mike Trout, I saw his mom at uh, the day job this week. And before the news even broke from the Angels, she told me he's playing tonight. So, I had a little scoop Inside there from us. old Debbie Trout. You should have you flexed that power a little bit. <laughs> uh, we'll be down there. And uh, you can be at Citizens Bank Park. You can be at your, your favorite bar. You can be hanging out with the homies, with your significant other. And you can stand out with your merch from PHI Apparel Company, including Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch for all of our podcasts. Uh, you can go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way for you guys at home to support everything we're doing. Uh, so go get your merch, and when you get it, tag us. We'll repost it everywhere that you do tag us, and uh, be sure to tag PHI Apparel Company as well. So go get your merch, get dripped out for Philly's uh, Red October on the horizon, as we hope, and, of course, Eagles football right around the corner. Get your Philly dog shirts. PHIapparel.co, code underground, 10% off your orders. Phil's took two out of three. Working on this sweep. Extra innings not looking ideal right now in terms of uh, the Giants up to bat right now. But the way that Phillies fans showed up to Citizens Bank Park Monday and Tuesday was nothing shy of a postseason environment in the dog days of summer. Yeah, uh, really important series. You know, I think the the Phillies had the chance to, to really push away from one of their, their wild card contenders and potentially send them on a spiral to, you know, the – Giants over the last month and a half have been limping a little bit and hold on, listening for the cause. We're looking at a hit by pitch. It did look like it in real time. They did get hit, but um, this has been a really strange series, full of errors and misjudged balls and um, 
I don't want to call it like little little league World Series stuff, <laughs> but I do think it's interesting that the Phillies, some of the Phillies, went to see the little league World Series, and then um, this series has been plagued by what I can really only describe as twelve year old mistakes, uh, both by the Phillies and the Giants. So that's uh, that's added to the drama of it all. And uh, yeah, it's it's been kind of nice to get one over as it always is on Gabe Kapler. Um, and the Giants as a franchise. The Giants as a franchise, always good to just throw some dirt in their eye uh, whenever you have the opportunity. Lose tonight, not ideal, but you know, do also reclaim. You got swept earlier in the season, uh, reclaim a little bit of that series. And this could potentially still even be a, a first round matchup for the Phillies. So um, they have an interesting strategy where they just let two pitchers work and then just platoon the rest of the days is the most Gabe Kapler thing so I was trying to find the quote I I saw I heard someone talking about on a podcast that um Alex Wood I guess was complaining about uh Kapler's pitching methods I was like that sounds familiar (laughs) pitchers talking about how uh they couldn't sleep (laughs) because of how stupid uh Gabe Kapler rotated uh pitchers in and out of the bullpen into starting lineups uh, almost like the uh, the most mental freaks in all of sports that need routine and uh, you know are are just like constantly living on this like razor thin edge of mentality uh, need a little bit more stability but who knows uh, so yeah that that's been nice it's been a it's been a good rebound series too I think you know a little bit disappointing some of the losses over the last few games and this is part like we've mentioned before like they're at home a lot this is this mm-hmm. kicks off another big home stand for the Phillies they have the opportunity to really uh, you know, extend their lead or at least make themselves very comfortable because even though they've, you know, had a little bit of a rough patch uh, before this series, they haven't lost ground in the wild card just because everyone else in uh, in that race does not seem fit for duty, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, even looking at the lineup for this Giants team over the last three days, I didn't feel as bad after the National Series because that Nationals lineup is arguably far superior just, to just, this Giants Just lineup. dunked on the Yankees. <laughs> like, good grief. Like, some of the guys this Giants team were rolling out as there's a base hit that's probably going to clear the bases. Um, well, <laughs> they can't take the Harper home run away from us. <laughs> <laughs> we had a moment. Um, and, I mean, just the, the first two games of the series, too, kind of just showed, like, that, that resiliency that you want. And even in this game, too, you know, you're down 5-2 and Harper – you know, turns one one and, and ties the game up to send it to extras. They've shown like that postseason like resiliency that you want to see from a team going down this stretch run and going into September and October. That's a, a positive takeaway for me from this offense. You know, Trey Turner doesn't have a, a flubbering moment last night and wins the game for you. And great quote um in the athletic where Kyle Schwarber said he yelled at Trey Turner. It was like they walked me to get to you, and and Trey Turner said, "That's kind of like the mentality that I remember loving watching this team do last year in the postseason." And he took it to heart, and Trey wins the game. And like the ballpark cam of last night looked like a playoff game, and it was a Tuesday in August, which was just absurd. So I mean, credit to the forty thousand plus that have been going down, you know, during the week uh, this week to make sure that it's been a playoff environment as well and wreak havoc on this piss poor Giants team that doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs yeah absolutely it's been um it's been really exciting and I I think people are really this is the time of year too where I think there's this lull everyone's really waiting for the NFL to pick back up and um you know baseball especially with the Phillies with how good they've been and uh, you know obviously nothing is sewn up or guaranteed but 
look to be uh, headed towards the playoffs, and I think people get excited about that too. And um, yeah, good to have that support. And like we said, it's always good to <laughs> to at least take a series from the Giants, um, even if we, you know, as it's looking, probably don't end up sweeping them. Um, it, like I said, it, it's a it's a good mental rebound too. And like you mentioned with Trey, um, he's had a few big moments over the last few weeks, and I think started to recapture some of that form that we were hoping to see from him. And, you know, that gives me a lot of uh, positive feelings going into, you know, the final month of the season. So, yeah, I got to pull this stat up because it is pretty crazy that this has been the case for Trey Turner since the standing ovation game. This, uh, Jared Carabas tweeted this. Since August 4th, when the when Phillies fans gave Trey Turner a standing ovation in an attempt to turn his struggles around, Turner's hitting 353 with a... <laughs> 1,007 OPS. Over that span, he leads the team in hits with 24, doubles with 6, and total bases with 42. That's a positivity right there. Positivity works. That is the city of brotherly love right there. And, I mean, you're going to need that from Trey Turner down the stretch here into the postseason. Uh, You know, you're going to have – Aaron Nola moments, I guess, the, the rest of the year where he's going to give up those home runs, whether it's in the first inning, the fourth inning. Um, but I do have to say that that first game, even though it started off shaky, that was one of the better Aaron Nola starts I think we've gotten all year. Yeah, and, you know, I I, I didn't even think it was uh, – he gets himself out of a jam <laughs> with <laughs> with a little bit of luck. Uh, it could have been really disastrous. But, yeah, it it, uh, it did end up working out in our favor. Um Nola, yeah, he's he's been a little inconsistent this year, but I, I think you know we still know what his peaks look like, which is important to us. Um, saw this from John Clark. Phillies have 17 comeback wins since the All-Star break. It's the most of baseball. Ten of their 12 wins in August are comfort behind wins. And the Phillies have the best batting average in the ninth inning in the National League. So, And we've talked, too, about how often this team has been in one-score games. And um, last few weeks, they've fallen on the, the bad side of that. But, uh, you know, they still have a, a very good record in those games. And I do think there's something to that. I do think there's something to – and, you know, we you even saw it in the playoffs last year. Like, this team – some of the most iconic moments of last year's playoff runs were – like come from behind home runs, you know, like a uh, bases clearing kind of stuff. Like that was, um, that was kind of the identity and the material of this team. And if that is still there, like that's a, it's something that doesn't show up in baseball. such a sort of like advanced stats and, you know, you have a stat for everything. You can never find a stat for that though. Like there are just teams over like across all sports that seem to have it, that just have mm-hmm. that little extra bit that they can get to that extra factor that, I don't know if it's concentration or just focus, grit, whatever it is. That dog in there. I, I mean, honestly, like it's it's a meme for a reason because there's there's some truth to it. Yeah. Um, and the Phillies seem to have that. Like they they really do, and that's an intangible that you want your teams to have. Um, and so you know, hopefully that carries on uh, into the playoffs, and we we get more action from them. Is was that Sosa that turned that, or was that Rojas? That was Rojas. What a double play. He's so fun. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> He's so fun. Yeah, you got, and you got him and, and Brandon Marsh, uh, you know, like <laughs> as your your two center fielders now. You're sort of uh, like uh, got a little bit of gluttony out there. Christian Pache is not even back yet. Right. So maybe we can get. Oh. We're looking to see if Eckler, I think, touched the. Meckler touched the. Uh, the home plate first. I think he did. Yeah. 
Well, I guess now. they're looking to see if he like left. Yeah, now we're <laughs> now we're gonna have a seven minute review to see if it's <laughs> eight five or seven five. Go. It's hilarious because when you're listening to this, <laughs> you you'll will, know. You will already know. Um, and it, it, it's wild too because like it feels like that it factor like starts with Rob Thompson. Yeah, he's just a, he's a vibes kind of guy, but in the right way. <laughs> a sixty year old with vibes is just yeah. You love to see that. He just gives off big uh, family has had a shore house like yes. for generations. And just like that is his uh, identity in the summer is sitting on the beach, outrageously tan, no umbrella, just a beach chair. One of those little lunch boxes has like deli meat sandwich and like six beers. And that is like every day in the summer for him. It's just that. He just gives off that kind of vibe. To me. What shore town? Is Rob Thompson's family shore house? Uh, he is a North Wildwood guy for sure. I yeah. think he's a, it's it's a little off the beaten path, you know, but it's nice. It's a little more quiet, you know. Someone even called maybe a bit of a hidden gem. I don't know, uh, but yeah, he's he's North Wildwood guy. North Wildwood, I think, sells a lot of like the family uh, family element to it. But yeah, that's it's wild, but not too wild. Right, it gives you it gives you everything you kind of want. Yeah, he's definitely North Wildwood. Um, that's something we should do towards the end of the summers. Uh, categorize Phillies with their short town. Alec Bohm is a hundred percent CL. I think the entire daycare is. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're all at shenanigans or yeah, they're they're shenanigans. The ocean the OD or yeah, they're definitely that type of crew. Doing karaoke. They're doing the barking. no shower happy hour. Yes. they're just there all the time. <laughs> And then surprise, and then out of nowhere, Jason Kelsey shows up. Yes. So let's see. I think he did touch. I mean, that's just that's good base running. Yeah. You know, maybe Philly should take some notes for you. <laughs> we can use some base running, uh, base running tips. And on top of the daycare, I think John Cruck is a big Sea Isle guy. Oh yeah, huge Seattle guy. He's like a Strathmere guy that like he goes to Seattle to like hang out, but he when he goes to the beach, he's yeah. going to Strathmere because he is similar to Rob Thompson. I think that he's got a lunchbox with sandwiches and beer, and that's it. And he's just hanging. Except just, his lunchbox has a Salt Life sticker on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's visor guy too. Yes. I'm sure. John Cruck needs to come on this podcast too. That would be Love an Cruck. absolute treat. I did read Giants fans complaining about him, uh, <laughs> saying that he's a homer. And that you don't he, say. He talks uh, about the team like he's their concerned parent on the sidelines. Like, yeah. He kind of is. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> he's like the fun uncle who yes. also <laughs> is just worried about your well-being. <laughs> That's why we like him. <laughs> That's what you should want out of a commentator crew. I don't want my home crew to be like a national announcer that, right. you know, is just like non Like, yes. How could they not be biased? <laughs> I think their job really is to be biased. Yes. So, I've never tuned in. First of all, I don't tune into that many uh, non-Phillies broadcasts to mm -hmm. begin with, outside like national broadcasts. Uh, but I've never tuned into one across any sport really, and been like shocked at like their homers. Right. You know, like it's listen know. to whenever <laughs> your opponent's team just like demoralizes you. Your home broadcast sounds absolutely depressed. Yeah. As it should. As it should be. Speaking of the Ocean Drive, here comes Brandon Marsh. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, great series, no matter what the result of this game ends up being for the Phillies. Um, 
you took two out of three from a team that was breathing down your neck in the wild card standings, separated yourselves, and the win on Monday night or on Tuesday night, I mean, uh, knocked the Giants out of the wild card right now. So now the the Diamondbacks are the third wild card, and the second, third, and three teams looking in are all separated by one game in the National League wild card. Feels good to not be in that race at the moment, yes. you know, like uh, where every game feels like so much more and uh, has has just that extra bit to it. Um, right now, it'd be Phillies Cubs. Which I don't know how I feel about that. We've not played the Cubs well. Strom is injured. See, it could be a little Spencer Strider thing, you know, where he's he's injured down the stretch and he comes and he's clearly not at his best. We did play the work. Cubs well this year. Last year was like, can we avoid them at all? Because we got swept by them last year. I feel year. like this year we've not played them well either. Am I crazy? I feel like we like had redemption. I do remember last year really. Yeah, sucking. last year we got swept by the Cubs in like the most crucial moments. Oh, we did. We, I see three wins against the Cubs. I think it's the only time we've played them this year. Yeah, we did sweep the Cubs this year. No, we're like five and one against the Cubs this year. Uh, yeah, we got smacked in the last game we played against them. Yeah, maybe that's just what was lingering in my memory. But granted, the first three games were in May, and then. The other games were at the end of June. It's just so, honestly a little bit of a different team. Not that the Cubs did too much to to change their team. They honestly, traded for Candelaria. The Phillies but. are the same as like with basketball, where it's like before Christmas, I don't care. Yeah, if it's before June, it does not. It's not right. real. It's not real to me. Unless they exist. won. Unless they won. Unless we're like the best team in baseball, then that's actually but technically the Phillies are five and zero oh against the yeah, Cubs. You should, yeah, I think actually. You know, you know, remember when everyone was like wetting the bed last year because like the Dodgers and Braves lost in their first round? <laughs> I actually think if you have the best record in baseball uh, in May, you should automatically just go to the World Series. You should just represent. You should just get the pennant. I think that's how it should work. Yeah, I mean, that's how we should reward teams. Uh, did you see that tweet? Speaking of the Braves, uh, that some Braves fan put out about their their All Stars, and it was like no charges, no. Uh, off the field ends. I gotta find it because you'll let it made me think of the the fifty five burger skit from fifty five burgers, fifty five burgers. I gotta find what this tweet was because I was like, why are you tweeting this? Like, the Braves Braves fans are the biggest dorks. Like Mets fans are clinically annoying. Braves fans are just like the biggest pick me fans. I I seem to remember a few Braves players having some uh, off the field issues. Yeah. Uh, didn't Ozuna have something? Uh, he had a couple somethings, and he he had some some somethings that he just got told to shut up about, and he did, and it's all I think gone out of people's memories. Um, so yes, yeah, is a picture of all their all stars this year. It said no allegations, no betting scandals, no arrests, yet. no drama, yet just strictly business and some damn good baseball. All right. We're live. Ball. We're there live. we go. Um, yeah, I, I just read all those. <laughs> it was like the 55 burger skit. That's how I read it. Let me go. Let me go. <laughs> I'm doing something. You sure about that? <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's so lame. Like, they are. Cares? Also, the lamest. I guarantee you those people do. Yeah. I 100%. Don't it's. It's a, it's a weird thing to flex about. I would just flex about the fact that I had so many All-Stars. I wouldn't yeah. make it a moral thing where it's like, look at my good boys and how good they are. Like, okay. Good grief. You're you're also still a racist franchise. I don't know how to tell yeah. you that. I you think. see your fan base? If, I'm not sure that you uh, 
you have any moral you're standing not in when you're clear. still doing the chop at games. I don't think you get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute losers. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this is a great series for the Phillies. Like we said, no matter what happens in this final game here. Um, and then you have the Cardinals coming up this weekend. And then the Angels come to town. And man, I don't know if I've ever seen this historic of a meltdown after pushing all your chips in the middle the way the Angels have. They go and trade so many prospects, go and get so many players to woo Shohei into staying. That is the whole ploy. It's like, let's make the playoffs and show Shohei Otani that we can do this. And they have just fallen off a cliff since the trade. It's every year with them. Every year with them. They uh, wild. They just collapse. I. It's surprising. I'd love to, you know, they're one of these franchises too that I think just in a neutral way, you kind of want them to do well, especially because mm-hmm. they have two, like, great players. <laughs> like, that are both very likable. Yeah, like, they're both good. I saw um, my hot take is I think the Little League World Series is dumb. I hate it. I don't think it should be on ESPN. It's not. I'm sorry. Like, even college sports is, like, marginal. Like, okay, yeah. like, what are, what are we doing here? I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a downer. The kids are having fun. I like to let kids have fun. Does it need to be on my TV? I'm sorry. I think I, my is favorite part of me. My favorite part is the the stats score bug that they showed, just to see what these kids have to say is like their favorite show. This is what I was getting into is that uh, Team Japan. One of the players, his favorite superhero was Shohei Otani. I saw it. That was <laughs> so great. I, uh, <laughs> I was like, he's just like me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, that's about the only thing it's good for. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just. Uh, even when I was a kid, I was like, this sucks. I, yeah. d- I don't, it's the worst baseball you've ever seen in your and life. they've made so many, like, dumb rule changes that, like, I've just seen people talk about where it's like, every kid has to hit. I should not. It's like, you know those tweets where it's like, well, posts. <laughs> I don't know where I'm calling tweets anymore. Uh, where it's like. It's just like BB&T Pavilion. <laughs> We're yeah. going to call them tweets. Um, it's like. I should not have to live my life knowing that I'll be forced to see the opinion of a 15-year-old on Twitter. Like, I should not have to turn on the TV and see a 12-year-old. And I shouldn't have to go on Twitter and see people debating the rules about oh. Little League. Like, you know, like, I should... I, why, what are we doing? Why are we, why are we doing this? It's so There's ridiculous. real baseball on this. I'm sorry. They're children. You can't. It's Most not- people don't even go to their own kids' baseball games. They're like, it's long and hot. I'm just going to drop you off. I'll be back. And it's not even like with real baseball. There, I'm sure there's some underground sickos that are doing it. You can't even legally gamble on it. Yeah, well, you can. <laughs> if you know the right people, yeah. if you know how to have fun. I don't know. It's just, it's one of my things. Every every time that comes around, I'm like, this is just, this is just a bit much. Again, I maybe that's, maybe I'm being cynical and, uh, and pessimistic. No, it's, but, uh, it's, Damn I've always, near unwatchable. I've always thought the Little League World Series is like pretty bizarre that this is like a. Th- we're all just like, yeah, we put on like it's lit- It's terrible. Yeah. We don't watch any other children's sports. No, you have to be the best basketball player in the country to even sniff ESPN two. Do you know like when they have like Oak Hill versus uh whatever um when a LeBron Suns plays at that, oh, uh, uh, the like uh, Canyon School or whatever. Yeah. You have to be that. You have to be LeBron's son or LeBron LeBron's son himself. has to play on your team. <laughs> like, to, to get a, a game on ESPN2 in, like, the middle of January. 
when there's nothing going on and we're like and we give like three weeks it's like a it's like a two week it's like march madness but with like 12 year old what are we doing yeah I don't know. Again, it is crazy. <laughs> I keep trying to stop myself from really laying into this, but I just can't. I don't know if it's like because there's the international factor to it, and that's why it's like so widely broadcast too. I guess. I mean, it's it, again. At the end of the day, it's not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. It's all in good fun. I just I've always found it bizarre that this is like people like look forward to this, and I'm like that is crazy to me. I, like that's just that's kind of wild to me. I know that they're like very good for their age. You know, like they had the. It'll win a lot of tournaments to get to this, but it's still just not. It's still not great. That was like, a lot of stones, Trey. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's like two moments of the Little League World Series that just live rent free in my head, and it's Monet Davis because that was just like right. a huge story, and then Big Al because he hits dingers. Right, and that half of that was again the thing we're talking about you know, with like the scorecard and the, the kids get their personality show because kids. You know, just say funny stuff sometimes, but um, wasn't Monet Davis? She was local, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it was the Taney Dragons. I, I do remember that, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I just not for me personally. Yeah, not a Little League World Series guy. Phillies lose eight six. Unfortunate. Cassian looks very sad. Um, Cassia, did you best clip of the the, the Little League Classic? <laughs> Cassiano's talking to that kid. Yeah. You're a you're a man of the world. I think they have a similar thing going on, you know? <laughs> like I think there's they're on an equal playing ground, yes. I wanna say. <laughs> I think they Can, I saw tweet. his favorite superhero Scooby Doo, the kids' favorite superhero Scooby Doo, you know. There was a tweet that said Cassianus gives off himbo vibes, but he has such a way with words. Yeah, yeah, honestly. He's just <laughs> he's a great person. Oh, love him. Um Let's take a look at the MLB and NL East, more specifically, run differentials. It's brought to you by our pals over at Wasted Wedge, where a new era of golf has arrived. You guys want to be the talk of your events, your parties, your golf outings. Look no further than the products available to you from our friends over at Wasted Wedge. Uh, Think your traditional Shotsky, throw that out the window because Wasted Wedge has revolutionized it. It's all plastic. It's easy to carry around. It has extender pieces to have more shots with more fun. And uh, it folds down to fit in the side pocket of a golf bag. Check out them. Uh, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, at Wasted Wedge. And check out their website, WastedWedge.com. And when you go to check out through the month of August, because it is National Golf Month, uh, use code SUMMER23 and you get free shipping on all your orders from Wasted Wedge. That's WastedWedge.com, code SUMMER23 for free shipping through the end of the month. Looking at the run differentials here, don't know if the Phillies will be updated just yet. Um, But we got the Atlanta Braves who are live playing the putrid New York Mets. Uh, They're 81-44. and They've scored 722 runs this year uh, to put them at a plus 207 run differential on the year. It's going to be so great, Matt, when this Braves team just goes all nuclear in the regular season, just like they did last year, and it just all blows up in their face. Well, you have this danger of you know, half of September means nothing to you. You know, I, I think that's like... And you're going to have a bye. And you're going to have a bye, and I, you know, 
they've like they've laid the pedal on though. You know, like a lot of their starters have played a lot this year. So even if you just get them, like we were talking about with the Phillies, where you know you can shorten the rotation now, but you can still afford maybe to give guys an extra day of rest here and there. You know, like that. I think that does help, but I do think there's something too, like kind of keeping. Uh, and we see this in baseball all the time. You know, I I would say baseball and hockey are the two sports that I think where momentum. And, you know, like, is, again, one of these intangibles, you know, something we just kind of talk about in, in generalities, but there's no way to define it. But there's something to it, and we've seen it all the time, where teams get hot at the right time and just get in a really good groove. And we've seen teams on layoffs, on buys. Um, there's the, the President's Trophy curse in, in mm-hmm. hockey, right, where so many of these, these best teams, you know, don't advance. And we see it in baseball every year, too, usually. You know, the, the some of the, the top seats uh, don't even make it to the you know the NL or ALCS. So I um, I still think they're a great team, obviously. Um, and I, I think they they deserve to be favorites for their performance so far this season. But, yeah, there's no guarantees, you know. I... I did not expect the Phillies to beat the Braves in the series last year. No. You know? And I wouldn't... We were nervous as all hell going into that. Wouldn't necessarily say that the Phillies would be... (laughs) I'd feel totally comfortable in a series with the Braves. But it it happens all the time. Happens all the time. Ask the Giants. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like... um, It's a a regular occurrence. So, yeah. That's that's something they're going to have to navigate really well. The 69 and 58 Philadelphia Phillies... uh, looking at a plus 49 run differential and have surpassed the 600 runs scored mark for the season. Now it's 602. The 65 and 63 Miami Marlins limping along as they should because their expected win-loss rate is 59 and 69. And although they're two games over 500, they have a negative 45 run differential on the season. Uh, The New York Mets at 59 and 68 trying their hardest to hold on to the fourth place spot in the NL East. Uh, they have a negative 29 run differential and a half game lead on the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, who are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, eight and two in their last 10. Uh, but they have a negative 89 run differential. It is ridiculous that the Marlins have the least amount of runs scored in the division this year, and it's by a wide margin. They, um, they're the kings of uh, less than like four run wins. You know, like they yeah. just they every Marlins game, it's like three one, two one, three two, one Four, nothing. Three. Like it's just it's unbelievable. It's like binary code, honestly. Uh, looking around the rest of the National League, the Dodgers with the second best run differential behind the Braves at plus one thirty eight. Uh, the Diamondbacks, who are believe now in a virtual tie with the Giants after today's game uh, have a negative eight run differential but are five games over 500 the Giants have a plus three run differential the Padres who are eight game or six games under 500 uh, have a plus 62 run differential and then uh, we're checking in on the the coldest team in the National League the Colorado Rockies 48 and 77 have given up 728 runs on the year for a negative 177 run differential, the worst in the National League. It's a shame we're not going to probably be breaking any records, but that's it's pretty damn bad. It's a hell of a stat. Um, only one team closer, and that is the 36-91 and 91 Oakland Athletics, who have scored the fewest runs in baseball this year at 453, given up the most, not by much, 
at 757, and they have a negative 304 run differential. Must be hell. I couldn't even imagine being an A's fan. Well, apparently they're going to share the park with San Francisco. That's their plan. They want to share. I don't know how that's going to work. That's a bold strategy. It's a, it's, Let's see, see if it works out. Let's see how that works. Good grief. That's that's rough. Um, Baltimore Orioles still in first place uh, by two games in the AL East with a plus 76 run differential. Tampa Bay at 76 and 51 have a plus 169 run differential. Toronto with a plus 65. The Boston Red Sox with a plus 27. And then you want to talk about falling off a cliff. <laughs> New York Yankees, five games under 500. Hate to see it. Negative 28 run differential on the season. I saw a tweet the other day. It said the last time the Yankees were five games under 500. It was just the skyline of New York pre, uh, pre-2001. Jesus. This is like the worst stretch of Yankees baseball this century, which is a beautiful thing to see. Smell that? Man. You know what? I will say, Earth not in a great place. This year, though, I was in the last few months, it has felt a, something has felt a little right about the world of the Yankees fans all of a sudden. Oh, man. It's just the best. It's just the most obnoxious fans you've ever met in your life that have never even been to a Yankees game, never been to the stadium, never even been in New York City. It's a Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers, Duke fan. Everyone knows one. And then they also also kind of like the Patriots for a while. And they're seasonally Golden State Warriors so, fans. Yo, they've always loved Steph Curry. Big and Clay Thompson guys. Big Clay Thompson guys. And just, man. Number one subscribers to Draymond Green's podcast. Yes. Absolutely. Listen to every episode. Auto-download, in fact. But, man, it is, it is so nice. It's so nice. There are teenagers. By the way, 2009. Long time ago. I was going to say, there are teenagers in the Bronx who have not seen the Yankees ever in a World Series. And thank God for that. It is a fucking beautiful thing thank to realize. Thank God for that. I will say, some of the most passionate fans and nicest I know are also Yankees fans, but it is really outdone by the just, like, swamp. Like, they are on this yeah. island of, like, clearly, like, love the game. Again, most, like, the most not, like, someone I know is, like, very knowledgeable, bit like loves the sport. He was like minor league, like very, very involved in baseball. Just loves it. Big Yankees fan, great guy. But then there's always there. But it's outdone by like mm-hmm. the twenty terrible guys that you know that yes. are Yankee. Like, that's the exact ratio. It, that is the ratio. It is one to for every one. Just like good shit talks a little, but you know they deserve it because they actually know what they're talking about. You know, kind of guy. There's the twenty like, twenty seven red <laughs> wearing their Timberlands, and then you look at the it's back not even of their Timberlands. Car. It's the fucking the Nike Blazers <laughs> with goddamn fucking chubby shorts and their dad's polo, and they're driving their dad's car, which happens to have yeah. Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes pissing on the Boston Red Sox. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Of course. And then if they're driving a truck, it's got the silver nuts hanging from the tow hitch. Yeah, they're a Rucker sticker yeah. on the back. <laughs> Ruckers or Montclair. Yep. Ugh. It's so great watching them just crumble. And then they got to pay Aaron Judge, 97-year-old Aaron Judge. They get to pay Ugh. Aaron Judge and Stanton, by the way, do. Love that. 
Remember when they didn't want Bryce Harper? <laughs> Fucking stupid. Do you see? I don't know if we talked about it on here. The reasons why they didn't want Bryce Harper? Uh, No. Brian Ooh. Cashman apparently did an interview or something. I saw John Boy talking about it. And one of the reasons that they chose not to sign Bryce Harper was because everyone was mocking Bryce Harper to sign with the Yankees. They were the presumed favorite, so they decided not to sign. Zigging just to zag. You know, yes. like, what? That's bizarre. That, is just that can't so possibly be there. George is rolling over in his grave Good. when he said that. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's how you know Costanza's running the team. I'm <laughs> Honestly, maybe Kusan, maybe that's what happened. Maybe that was just a a documentary more than just a sitcom. Well, he he might be because apparently there's rumors that like Jeter wants to get please in the front office. Let please him, let him, let him. <laughs> I think, I think it's a brilliant. Idea. I think he would do great. I think he would do just as good as he did. I think he would be just as good as a GM as he was a baseball player. And Either, that I mean, he was average. Yeah, and not unanimous. Not unanimous. Either that or Uncle Stevie in Queens should hire him. <laughs> I'm imagine. Remember that like really weird graphic that sports editor did in the one time of like did made a lineup of all of Derek Jeter's exes. <laughs> I'm imagining him like that's his presentation. Like he would like throw that in at the end as like a bit. Hey, <laughs> I hate this team. <laughs> Sex appeal. Yeah, Jeets. <laughs> At a boy too. <laughs> God. Uh, insufferable. I love it. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, the dumbest uh, division in baseball, the AL Central. Uh, the Twins in first place, three games over five hundred with a plus thirty eight run differential. Cleveland Guardians are six games under five hundred and have a zero run differential. And then everybody else in the division is negative ninety nine or worse. Uh, and I also find it comical that the Detroit Tigers, who are fifty eight and sixty nine. With a negative ninety nine run differential, are closer to a playoff spot than the Yankees. <laughs> Feels good, man. And it's uh, good that they're the only team in the division too that is like crumbling. So good. It's nice. It's a beautiful thing. So there's your uh, MLB run differentials brought to you by our pals over at Wasted Wedge. Let's uh, let's shift gears to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's brought to you by our friends over at Trophy Smack. There's no better way to upgrade your fantasy smack talk than with our friends over at Trophy Smack. I just had my fantasy draft last week. Um, you got to upgrade the trophies. We upgraded ours in my my league that I've been in for a decade now, which is crazy. Um, they've got trophies. They got belts, metal wall art. They got turnover chains. They got rings. You name it, they're bringing it for your fantasy leagues. You guys can go to trophysmack.com slash underground and start upgrading your fantasy smack talk today. That's trophysmack.com slash underground to upgrade your fantasy smack talk. Before we get into the birds, Matt, I know you're a big fantasy football guy. I'll let you analyze the roster here uh, of what we're working with this year. Three keepers in this league. My keepers were Devontae Adams. Is this the same league with Dylan? Dylan, Mikey Ostrowski. I, Dylan and I were texting about his. I got to say, he had a... Uh, I was very jealous when he texted me yeah. his keepers, I'm going to be honest. But continue. So my keepers, Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf. Don't I threw it. some Ds on that shit. Yeah, sometimes you got to... If you go to all D, D team. 
the best duh team um so these were this was the draft results for myself i had the third pick in the draft this year and our draft works where if you finish uh in seventh place you get the first pick eight if you finish eighth you get the second ninth third that way uh there's it's anti-tanking um so with the third pick i took uh jameer gibbs fell to me i was do very that. pleased do not there. mind that pick at all um then a, a slew of tight ends started going and i said you know i i had mark andrews the last three years i want to i want to keep the tight end good vibes rolling i got dallas goddard with the 15th pick um then i needed another i needed to get another running back and i took miles sanders as the best available running back on the board at 27 uh then all of the good quarterbacks started going off the board and i got probably the last good starter uh i got trevor lawrence as my quarterback this year then i took uh kenneth gainwell 51st overall then i took jamal williams with alvin kamara being out the first three weeks i said you know what let's take the fun guy who knows how to be a starter uh got Cortland sutton in the seventh round i took a flyer on sky Moore in the eighth round uh in the ninth round i took tank bigsby the Jaguars rookie running back. Then I got the Dolphins defense. Took Jake Elliott as my kicker. And then my final pick was backup tight end. I got Gerald Everett. You you an Eagles fan? A little bit. <laughs> Not bad. I uh, I don't mind it at all. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is a good, like, I do think, I agree. I think he's like the last quarterback you can grab before it gets a little dicey. And he's in like that Herbert. Trevor, like, yeah, and it, I think you can even usually in a lot of formats you can wait like a round or mm-hmm. two before even getting Trevor. Um, I think there's a lot to believe that can go right for Jacksonville, especially offensively. Yeah, like defensively, I think there's maybe some question marks with the Jags this year, but um, yeah, I, I think you add Calvin Ridley to that to already what was a like top ten offense last year. Um, I, take I some think pressure off Christian Kirk. He's I, I think primed for a uh, a really like strong season. Um, only thing I think Trevor Lawrence got to work on, uh, fumble guy. Mm-hmm. He just has a habit. I, I don't know what it is. So, but he's great. And I last year was in my mind. Last year was his actual rookie year. Yes, because <laughs> uh, obviously the first season was just quite the wash. But yeah, I I don't mind that at all. I think there's a that's a that's a good team. Yeah, I don't. I didn't hate all the picks, and uh, you know, feels like running backs are the toughest position to uh, to come by, especially in a keeper league. So. To get Jameer Gibbs as a rookie, and then yeah. we'll have him for the next four years, hopefully. Uh, that'll be real nice. But Eagles might be uh, in the market for another running back and creating the ultimate Taylor Swift running back. Uh, the rumors are a swirling since the Colts have given South Jersey legend Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. All types of rumors swirling now that the Eagles and Colts have joint practice this week. Final preseason game on Thursday between these two teams at the link. I don't see it happening. I know how he's cleared up some cap space, uh, you know, this off season and everything. I I just don't see going and grabbing a a fifth running back to add to this team when you already traded for DeAndre Swift. Kenneth Gainwell, you expect is going to take steps forward. You signed Rashad Penny in free agency as kind of a guy that you believe in behind this offensive line. And then Boston Scott is here to just absolutely terrorize the New York Giants. 
I mean, would it be great if you could have Jonathan Taylor behind this offensive line? Absolutely. But it's also a guy who is looking for a new contract, trying to get paid, and that's the complete opposite of what Allie Roseman kind of does with running backs. Yeah, it's it's not the way that the Eagles have treated that position. Um, not the way the entire league has treated that position. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a reason that you know things have come to kind of a, a, a standstill between him and the Colts. Um, and you don't know either. I think here's what's tough about this too is like the ankle thing. You don't know how much of that is just tied up mm-hmm. in the contract dispute and him not practicing, or if that's legitimate, if he actually is still recovering from that ankle shirt, like that's, that's a big deal. You know, if that, if there's truth to that, so um, does not feel, it feels like a team that is like Super Bowl contending could make that move. And that's like their, their capstone piece. The dolphins, I think have, have been a team that have been really interested and in, that makes sense for them because they don't have an established running back. They're fine. I think pushing the chips in mm-hmm. um, a little bit. They already did it with like the Jalen Ramsey trade. Of course that, you know, it, it ended up going a little wrong because he gets injured and it might miss a, a really large chunk of the season. But, you know, you make those kind of bets, I think, when you feel like you just have something on the, the margins to gain. Uh, does not feel like an Eagles uh, acquisition at all, though. And I, I think the cost might even be a little high. If he even ends up leaving, I right. think there's a real chance he just is still a Colt and, you know, that's it. And that's, uh, you know, just plays out the season there. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's interesting in general just with running backs across the league. You know, you saw it with Saquon. You still have with Josh Jacobs. Like, his uh, his status, not totally clear either. So, it's, uh, it's, it's a problem at the position everywhere you look. Um, final preseason game as well this week, so we'll see uh, what goes down uh, at the link. But fun little fight during uh, joint practice too. Apparently, Jason Kelsey uh, – swinging like he's uh the wonder years on Colts players on a apparent cheap shot on uh Kenneth Gainwell during practice and it just led to a all-out brawl and you'll love to see that from Jason Kelly that's his inner ocean drive coming <laughs> yeah that 100% is I've been watching uh watching hard knocks actually for the first time and could not tell you the last hard knocks I watched to be totally honest um been enjoying it um Mostly because I'm sort of preying on the Jets' downfall. Yes. Um, I got to tell you, Robert Sala comes across as just like, ugh. He comes, he should have stayed in San Francisco simply because he fits the mold of like weirdly positive corporate speak guy. He's Gabe Kapler of the NFL. He's a little cooler than Gabe, but he he just has that like, mm, you're selling me something. Mm-hmm. Like you are selling me snake oil. I just know it. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been cool though. He's like, it's funny. The first episode, it was so funny because I feel like in the lead up to Hard Knocks, they were talking about how it wasn't going to be like an Aaron Rodgers show. And I think literally the first twenty minutes of the first episode is, I mean, just total Rodgers suck fest. Like they like mic up like guys on the side like Aaron Rodgers. There's literally, I think Aaron Rodgers is so cool. Like in some way, it's just, it's unbelievable. And they're just like. Every time he makes a throw, they're cutting to someone like, wow, that was amazing. Like, Imagine like, being Randall. And then they cut to Zach Wilson, who's just like, like <laughs> and Robert Saul was talking about, yeah, the offense sucked last year. Uh, we want to be in a better play. <laughs> Imagine being Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb and just watching this Rodgers suck fest, being around him your entire career. Oh, Lazard was on the sideline talking about how awesome it was. Like, if someone threw a bite, he's like, yeah, he does that shit. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's been oh fun. my god that's hilarious hard knocks is i will say i don't have a great memory because again i 
genuinely could not tell you the last one I, I watched. I think it might have been the Rams. However long that was ago, like six or seven years ago now. Let's see. Um, There's some teams that like I saw were on hard knocks and didn't Well no one wants to do it anymore. Right. And this year they had to do like they did like a just like a, they I think they picked ten teams and then the Jets just happened to be the team. The team with the most <laughs> with probably the most intrigue uh coming into the year. Hard knocks has been a show since two thousand one. Yeah. That's it's crazy. really it's like if you watch like I sometimes like I'll just randomly go on like this weird binges on YouTube and I'll find the uh like hard knocks best moment. Uh I think there was um I it, it's always fun to see like you you don't realize it, but yeah, it goes all the way back to two so you're seeing like old, old footage yeah. and like the two thousand one, two thousand two, and then it had a five year break and they brought it back in two thousand seven, then it went oh seven to twenty ten. Um, and then they had like a hard knocks special in twenty eleven with like no team. And then it's been going since 2012, and it was Dolphins, Bengals. That was the, that was the Philbin Dolphins? Yeah. I definitely remember watching that one. Uh, Falcons in 2014, Texans in 2015, uh, 2016 Rams, 2017 Bucks, 2018 Browns, 2019 Raiders, 2020 was joint Chargers-Rams, uh, 2021 was the first time they did the in-season, which was cowboys and then Colts in season, and then last year it was Lions Cardinals in season, yeah. and now it's the Jets. I think it's been good. I've been I've been watching the uh, the quarterback series on Netflix too, and that I think has been uh, been pretty fascinating too, just to get a little Kirk Cousins, cooler guy than I thought. Good dude. I always thought he was. A, I thought he was kind of like a weirdo. I was actually I always kind of thought he was an ass, and I, I'm like I was totally I read Kirk Cousins wrong my whole life. That's why I refuse to watch quarterback. <laughs> I can't lose my perception of. Kirk I'm telling you, see, he's just like a normal, nice guy. Like he's just like it's so bizarre. <laughs> I was like, wow, Kirk Cousins. I kind of like Kirk Cousins now. I think. I think I'm. I think I'm in on Kirk Cousins. I think I'm buying Cousins stock. <laughs> they had the, uh, the. They just showed uh, to get to the Thanksgiving game, and he was talking about like one of his best memories was, I guess, on like an old Washington team. He got to go down and uh, do like the turkey after the game, and they got to do it again last year, and he got to do the turducken. <laughs> Uh, and he was, it's so funny because he takes it like a piece of it back to the locker room with him. And, uh, the Vikings head coach is like giving like the post game speech and he's handing out the game ball to people. And he's just like chowing down on this turducken as he's giving this like, you know, like really like rah, rah, like football speech, like pounding his chest. And like Kirk is just slamming turducken in the locker. It's hilarious. Incredible. Really, really funny. Stuff. Oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. We're two weeks away from. NFL being back, back. Yeah. Next week we'll have uh, kind of a, a preseason prediction show uh, with football like we do every year. So I think that's, we did pretty good last year, if memory Yeah, uh, we, memory we did serves. pretty well. Um, so we'll have that for you guys next week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. We're, we got roster cut down day coming up pretty soon as well. So we'll see a lot of moves being made and, and seeing who makes the cut for the Eagles and around the NFL. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna wrap here with some quick hits. Uh, we just have to laugh. James Harden got fined a hundred thousand dollars for his. Comments. Well, then he had to clarify too that it was yeah. uh it wasn't about any contract thing because he doesn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, it's about uh <laughs> he said he would get a trade quickly. And then on top of that, uh, James Harden has unfollowed Daryl Morey on Twitter. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, though, it is um the second shoe has fallen. The second shoe has fallen for sure, and I think too it's uh. 
Just let them both fight. I don't know. Ugh. Just Jake Paul and Nate Diaz it. Just let put them a... be the the undercard to Elon and Zuckerberg. Oh please. <laughs> oh, fucking Daryl Morey would love that. He would lose yeah. his mind watching that. Like I love them both so much. Oh, they've done so much for humanity. Fuck off. <laughs> well, hard. Just take them both. Take... Swigging his wine. They deserve each other. Yes. <laughs> Daryl Morey and James Harden deserve each yes. other. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's wrap with the union. It's brought to our, brought to you by our pals over at Kenwood beer, the official beer partner of underground sports, Philadelphia. You guys can go to Kenwoodbeer.com, Use the Kenny finder to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh areas. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly union finish, uh, third place in the league's cup clinch their, their 2024, uh, CONCACAF champions cup. Uh, position and the game that they were going to be playing on the 20th got rescheduled to later in December because of that third place game uh, so they are back in action this Saturday uh, at DC United yeah it's um, it's nice you know you, you wrap up uh, qualification for that you know, the union made the semifinals of that tournament as well and it's uh, you know if you're able to make the latter stages always a, a nice feeling so it's frustrating like we said you know the, the way they went out but uh, did lose to the eventual champions, I guess. I don't know what people's feelings are on that. I I always kind of like actually when you when you when that team loses. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really take any joy of losing to the eventual champions because yeah. that also means now you're in every winner compilation going yep. forward. Like, um, so yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's it's ultimately good, and and hopefully, um, you know, I, I think uh, the response was good in that game too, which is which is a nice thing to see. And hopefully that leads to a, a good running because now, you know, we're talking about the Phillies. Union are on the same path, same you know, where you're sort of uh, starting to, to, to barrel down. And, uh, you know, October we'll be looking at playoffs and hoping that this team has uh, has a little more juice in them because this could also be the last ride. You know, we heard mm-hmm. a lot of rumors about guys leaving. It's been the last two seasons and, you know, you've, you've had to replace it. it does, this does feel like maybe last chance for this team as we know it to, to maybe uh, get some more silverware. I was looking at this the other day, too. It is pretty wild, the discrepancy in teams between the East and the West who are just balling out this year. That Seeds 1 through 7 in the East have 38 points or more. Western Conference has one team that has 38 points or more. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like mismanagement of some of the teams in the West. Um, you have that in the East, too, but uh, in general, um, the, the West is a, in a really interesting spot. I mean... St. Louis is like an expansion team, you know, it's like, uh, leading which has happened before, yeah. you know, um, Austin last year, I think that was only their, their second season. Um, and they, they were one of the better teams in all of MLS. So, um, it just works out that way. Yeah. It is, it kind of works opposite. Cause I think in most sports, the West is typically the stronger conference. Um, you know, I know in the NBA, especially so I like the AFC is really the Western mm-hmm. conference of the NFL. And that has always been, uh, you know, I, I think the one, especially with like quarterbacks, it's like yeah, completely stuck. But yeah, now. Um, kind of a, a nice reversal. I think uh, I think a lot of the the teams in the East too. There's a, there's a real discrepancy in spending. You know, like the West has like big spenders like LAFC um, and even LA Galaxy who are really languishing down there. In the East, you know, you really only have Toronto and obviously Inter now, but Inter Miami that have, that have done that like. Um, it does, look where they are, motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see Miami next season what they yeah. look like. But Toronto have just been a uh, little bit of a, a shambles, uh, to say the least. But yeah, but saying the most part, you know, you've had um, 
it just feels like the East, most of the teams there, in my view, are very well run mm -hmm. um, and like have like a very clear plan. Not to say that those don't exist in the West, but in the East, I, I think that's why you see uh, that good turnover because I think soccer more than I think soccer is actually very similar to to NFL in that you have to be. Uh, like your planning for the future has to be very smart. Like mm -hmm. you have to really think out, I think every move and like understand player development. Not that you don't need that in other sports, but I think like roster turnover and, and development and things like that are, are really crucial to the NFL. And I think it's really crucial to, to, to soccer as well. Like identifying targets very early on, you know, MLS is a draft, but in a lot of other, uh, you know, leagues around the world, you don't have that. You have to identify 16, 17 year olds, you know, and, and hope that you, you get it right. So, um, I think the I think a lot of teams in the East I think have that that good infrastructure for the most part. Yeah, I mean you look at you know the Union, New England's been a mainstay you know at the top of the table in the New East. New England since I was a kid have been a, a a very relevant MLS team. You know Columbus is always in the mix. Um, so I mean there's a lot of teams that have that you know in the East and who knows we'll see what happens with the union like we mentioned at the beginning of the year when all the rule changes happened too like having the one seat is not necessarily a, a priority this year so yep sitting comfortably uh in a points tie uh for third with orlando city but have a, a tiebreaker there with goal differential so we'll see what happens when they get back underway but make sure you guys are following us uh at underground phi on twitter Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, and Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. And like we mentioned, football season is here. You're going to have content on that podcast feed four days a week. Uh, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the content coming to the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed. And subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. Every podcast on our network, including the newly named Guzman's Gridiron, the Violent High School Football Coaches Show. Eagles Enemies will make a return week one of the NFL season. So you're going to have tons of content on the YouTube channel, along with your traditional mainstay of all the podcasts on our network, original video content, live streams, you name it, it's going to be there. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia, where we are currently sitting at 526 subscribers, actually 527. So go subscribe. Let's get to 600 subscribers uh, and keep that pushing towards 1,000. And uh, like we mentioned, every show, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And be sure to get your merch at phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND at checkout for 10% off your order. 
This has been episode number 562 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We're getting the heck up out of here. We will catch you uh, on Monday with myself and Pat Pitts. But until then, we are signing off. Peace. I'm a